We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Roto Grinders presents your first word in daily fantasy sports. The Morning Grind, Stevie TPFL and Company are here to jumpstart your analysis on today's DFS slate. Without further ado, here's your host, Stephen Young. Hey everyone, welcome to the Roto Grinders Morning Grind podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's Tuesday, it is July 30th, it's 2019, and we have 14 baseball games to talk about here on today's slate. I'm joined by my buddy Jordan Cooper. Blenderhead, how are you doing, my friend? Good. Uh, unfortunately, I have a lot of uh, Dodgers and Angels that are destroying all of my good Padres lineups because once I saw that David Hess was pitching, uh, got to load up on all the power bats. Yeah, you know, it's a bad night for me. Played a lot of Angels, played a lot of Dodgers, um, played a lot of Reds but didn't have Iglesias. So one of those just days where – you know, you're okay with it. You move on and uh, you get right back at it. And that's what we're going to do here today. But um, it, it reminds you that even on a seven game slate with a team being as popular as the Dodgers, that you still have to remember that it's baseball and, you know, anything can happen. Right. I actually tweeted out something uh, earlier in the night. MLB variants in a nutshell, three grand slams, 15 plus runs in Miami and a pitcher's duel in cores. But sure, keep on telling me what your locks are every day. Yep, um, I hear you. Um, you know, it's hard to say your locks or you know anybody that you want to be a hundred percent on in baseball. So, you know, we're gonna we're gonna keep telling you who we like, and you know, you like to play the ownership game, where I like to play the numbers. So, good little mashup we have here today. If you guys haven't checked out our sponsor, make sure you head on over there, check them out. It is fantasydraft.com. Sign up through the Roto-Grinders links so that we get three months of Roto-Grinders premium for Fantasy Draft. Plus, you'll get access to any cool promos that we run with them. They got a lot of news coming out here soon, so if you haven't checked them out, now's the time. We're going to jump right in. We got a lot to talk about here on a 14-game slate. We start with Atlanta at Washington, Julio Tehran against Eric Fed. Um, any interest here in Julio Tehran? Uh, not at 8,800 on DraftKings. I mean, the, the Washington lineup is pretty good. Uh, they'll probably, you know, Eaton, Soto, Adams, they'll have enough lefties in there. But, uh, you know, I'd, I'd have more interest if he was cheaper on this type of slate, but at 8,800, it's a hard pass. Yeah, there's not a ton of great pitching options today. So it's just one of those days where you're just going to roll with the punches and, you know, take some shots. But I don't think this is a spot that I'd play Tehran either. Uh, 8,800, if I'm going to take some shots, let's just save some money and, you know, go down to like a Griffin Canning or somebody. So, uh, don't think I can do it today. I'm with you. Uh, Washington does strike out a little bit more against righties than they do against lefties, but still um, a, a team that makes a lot of contact against a pitcher that doesn't over-dominate people. Eric Fed on the other side of this game, really bad against lefties, decent against righties. Um, any interest here in Fed? I mean, typically I, I like cheap pitchers, but uh, I'm more interested in playing the Braves' bats against him because I think there there are other cheaper pitchers that we could get away with more than than him yeah i hear you on that one um this is one of those ones where it'd be interesting to see if he gets any ownership today at 5600 um but i don't think i'm gonna pull the trigger on him today 
I can certainly see why somebody might uh, just because, you know, at the end of the day, he is better against righties, and this team does have quite a bit of righties. Um, it'll be interesting to see if they start um, Duvall or if they play in Ciarte or if they play both of them. It'll be interesting to see what the lineup looks like here for the Atlanta Braves. Uh, what do we like here for the Braves? I mean, essentially the lefties. I mean, uh, Albies, Freeman, McCann, and Ciarte is at 3,600 on DraftKings if, he, if he's there. I mean, the thing about the Braves is that now with uh, Swanson and Marquecas out – their overall strikeout rate is, is much higher. But Fetty's not really a strikeout pitcher. I mean, we saw Corbin just, like, mow him down with his, with his slider, like, time and time again. I just don't think he's going to have that much success that even the righties, like Acuna and Donaldson, to round out a stack. I mean, uh, it, it'll probably be low-owned at these prices compared to other games that we have on the slate. So from that perspective, uh, I like it. But, I mean, I wouldn't call it a high-probability shot even though i don't want to play much of fetty yeah like the lefties are fine I, I like albies um he should continue to hit second with swanson out so you know albies not as cheap as he was but cheap enough uh, at 4300 a uh, guy that does have some power and i think moving up in the lineup will help him for sure so uh yeah freeman and then on the washington side of things i never mind targeting lefties against tehran uh he's a guy that does give up quite a bit of home runs to left-handed bats uh not the greatest ballpark in the world but don't mind looking at some of these left-handed bats here yeah i think soto at 4300 on DraftKings is going to be the cash play i mean at that price i mean these prices are lower i mean tehran because he's priced up more on DraftKings, like they're pricing the national bats down but i don't think tehran's that good of a pitcher so we have Turner at 4,700, Rendon at 4,800, Adams at 4,000. I mean, Dozier's always always viable at the bottom for 3,600. Like, I really don't mind this stack all that much only because of the dynamic pricing that the sites have. Yeah, the pricing has, you know, certainly been better this year, um, in my opinion, than it has been in years past. And definitely don't mind uh, that price tag for Soto. You know, he's certainly the guy that I like the most here um, on this lineup. So I, I think you could play him as a one-off. Do you think he, even at this ownership, we can play him as a one-off? I mean, in GPP on a 14 game slate, I'm not a big fan of, you know, playing a, what could potentially be a 15 to 18% one-off. Uh, but in the outfield spot, I mean, you could mix them in if, if I'm playing a hundred lineups. Uh, but I'm more inclined to play like someone like Rendon as the one-off at a third base spot than, than I, there's so many other outfielders to choose that I really don't want to take the chalk guy in a large field GPP. All right. San Francisco at Philadelphia, 10.5 total here. Tyler Beatty against Drew Smiley. Um, any interest here in Beatty? Actually, I do, even though the Phillies are uh, have currently uh, uh, they open at a 5.3 implied run total. Uh, they have righties, but Beattie could strike people out. I know it's a ballpark downgrade for him, but at 7,100, uh, it, it probably will not be popular. And uh, I, I could see him getting a, getting away with, you know, I take a look at the, the strikeout rates of some of these guys, and there's a path for him to get 20 points with a good outing. Yeah, I'm a I'm a Tyler Beatty fan in general, but um, I really wish he was cheaper. Like he's getting a ballpark downgrade; he's not pitching at home, and this is his highest price tag of the season. So, like those are my concerns. This is a good ballpark for home runs, and he can give up some home runs. So, I'm just a little concerned about that. I don't mind taking a shot on him in large field tournaments if you're trying to fit in some bats, but definitely going to be taking some Philly bats against him as well. Um, any interest here in Drew Smiley? This this game is the one game on the entire fourteen game slate that makes my brain melt, because I got I got my vomit arm, but I also got the vomit stack against him, and I have to decide which one do I want to do. I think it's going to be really dependent on what the Giants throw out there, because uh, they they've brought up guys now that they could get really righty heavy, even though they have a lot of lefties on their roster normally. So to me, the more lefties. In the Giants lineup, the more I want to play Smiley at 6K and the more righties there are in the Giants lineup, that means I'm stacking against him. Yeah, I really hope Zach Green cracks the lineup. Um, you know, he's cheap. He'll be in there maybe. Tyler Austin. Um, there's, some, there's some bats, like you said, that there's some guys that I really like here um, that are cheap. 
that are going to help stacks work and all those things. So, you know, Slater's under 4K. Um, I hate playing Posey, but 3,700 against a lefty in a ballpark upgrade. I don't hate Buster Posey here. Um, so definitely like the Giants righties a, a lot um, in this spot. So uh, as far as the Phillies bats go, I like Harper a lot. I, I think Harper's in a great spot here. Um, it's really hard to get excited for the righties when we're looking at, you know, BD's ground ball rate against righties. And, you know, he's been able to limit damage a little bit more against righties, but really like Bryce Harper. Yeah, the weather is predicted to be 90 degrees, 44% humidity, with the wind blowing out to dead center at 11 miles an hour. So uh, with Beatty's ground ball lean, uh, I have no problem taking guys that can hit fly balls. And uh, so I'm looking at Hoskins, Romuto, Harper, Kingery. I mean, they don't necessarily even have to have the platoon advantage. It's just a matter of, like, if I'm playing Beatty, I'm playing for him to miss bats. But if he's not going to miss bats, I want the ball to be in the air. And in those weather conditions, like, these prices are not all that compelling as far as making a five-man stack. But uh, even a two- or three-man and picking one-offs for the home runs, I have no problem with that. All right, we move on. Arizona at New York. 11.5 total. Taylor Clark against Jay Happ. Happ's a 220 favorite. Uh, any interest in Taylor Clark? Uh, did <laughs> You don't even have to tell me his their opponent. Uh, no. <laughs> um, as far as Hap goes, Arizona not a team that typically strikes out a lot, and like this has just not been a great season for Hap. So I'm gonna pass. Do you have any interest in J Hap? I mean, you can. I mean, the the, the Diamondbacks could have a, a bunch of. I mean, they could have left-handed. Well, maybe not. Man, I'm, I'm taking a look at the projected lineup. I mean, if Dyson's not in, and Castro's in. I mean, they, they, yeah, they could have a lot of righties in this lineup. And Hap at 7,300, I mean, yeah, he's a mid-range option, I guess. But the Diamondbacks are getting a, like a ballpark upgrade here. And with the prices actually being depressed in, at their, in their bats, I'm more interested in playing, playing the hitters than playing half against them. Yeah, and you can start with my boy Wilmer Flores at 3,400. Um, Walker, Escobar, um, Marte. You know, I think this stack is very interesting. And, you know, Nick Ahmed doesn't get enough credit, but he hits left-handed pitching really well too. So there's there's some ways to get some Arizona bats here. Right, and they'll also add the DH in this matchup. So they'll be able to get even more. I'm seeing I'm seeing here that it's possible that we get like Yasmani Tomas in the 3,700, which essentially is like either he's going to strike out five times or hit a home run. So you could take a shot on him. But I just, I just like the prices that – we get we get Arizona like in Arizona with the the roof closed and and everything going on and they're like fifty five hundred apiece and now they're in Yankee Stadium against a lefty and now they're underpriced. Uh, as far as the Yankees bats go on the other side of this game, I think they're the best stack outside of cores. Like if you're wanting to pivot off of cores, but. I think the Yankees are going to be popular, uh, no doubt about it. But it is a 14-game slate that could spread out the ownership a little bit. But this is the stack for me when I'm not stacking cores. Yeah, well, what do you think? 7.1 implied run total. Do you, you think they're going to be popular? They should be. Yeah, and they're actually, they're, they're actually cheaper than for that run total against a guy like Clark. I mean, you got Judge and Hicks. On, I mean, you got guys under 5K. I mean, Gregorius is the one that's priced up at five at five thousand on DraftKings, but he does fill a shortstop spot, so I don't necessarily mind it all that much. But I I, I could see, you know, I think Judge at forty eight hundred is a cash play. Yeah, you know, E five if he's in there, like there's a lot of different ways you can go with this lineup that makes a ton of sense. Um, you know, the cheap catcher now, so there's there's a lot of different ways um, that you can go Big here. Big T would make sure that you mention DJ Lemayu. He's he's banged up right now. I don't know if he'll be in the lineup or not. So oh, if he's in the lineup, he is. Uh, Big T has a hundred percent of him apparently. <laughs> yeah, he's dealing with a groin injury, so might be might be one of those things where even if he comes back, I want to see him do some stuff before I play him. So um, you might get like a really cheap, like potentially Tyler Wade um, if Lemayhu is not in there. Wade's thirty three hundred um, against Clark. So um, who has zero home runs in the season? Anyway. Um, we shall move on. Minnesota at Miami. Jake Odorizzi against Zach Gollin. Uh, eight total here. Odorizzi is a 152 favorite. Uh, what are we doing here with uh, Odorizzi? Well, Miami has an, the lowest implied run total on the entire slate. 
Odorizzi's 9,400 on DraftKings. They're playing in Miami. I know that Odorizzi is more of like a reverse splits pitcher, and the Marlins could have a lot of righties in their lineup, but, I mean, it, it's still the Marlins. So Odorizzi had a bad outing the last time out, but, I mean, had, I got to have interest at 9,400 against, you know, a pitcher in Miami, uh, even, though, even though they scored 11 runs this past slate. Uh, I, 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 I mean, Miguel Rojas apparently could hit home runs now. I'm, I'm still not scared of the Marlins line. Listen, I think I could take Merrill Kelly deep. Keep saying it. Guy sucks. Um, but, yeah, I like Odorizzi. I think Odorizzi might come in at lower ownership because Syndergaard is, you know, right in this price range and he's facing the White Sox. But pitchers against Miami typically have decent ownership. So, I think Odorizzi might get some ownership. But it would be really interesting to see what his ownership ends up at with um, Syndergaard and, you know, such a good matchup against the White Sox. But, uh, as far as the other side of this game, Zach Gollins, uh, you know, talented prospect. It is a really, really good Minnesota lineup. Do you have any interest here in Gollin? I mean, I know they're pitching that they're in Miami, but I still I I don't want any part of the Twins. I mean, they may not hit a bunch of home runs, but at eighty one hundred on DraftKings, like I I don't I only see downside at that price. I don't see a, I don't see a way that Gallon comes in and strikes out nine. Yeah, I just I agree. I don't I don't really see a ton of upside here uh, with Gollin, and I, I want the upside, but I don't want to pick on Minnesota either. I like the ballpark. This doesn't mean I'm just going to necessarily go out there and stack the Twins here. The Marlins don't have the greatest bullpen in the world, but uh, respect to Zach Gollin enough that I don't mind maybe like a three man, but I don't think it'd be a five man stack for me today. Well, I'm not even interested in the Twins much at all. I mean, who's going to pay 5100 for Garver in Miami? I think the most attractive bat may be like Rosario at 4300 I'd want to take the lefties. I mean, Kepler's 4800 I mean, you, you could get Aaron Judge for that price. So, like, I look at this and go, maybe Polanco because he's shortstop eligible. So, I'm, I'm not all that, that, that thrilled. They're going to be losing the DH. Like, I'm, I'm, it's, to me, it's more of a pass at only a five point. Uh, 4.5 implied run total. Yeah, I like the Polanco. Um, he was the guy that I was going to bring up, you know, likely to potentially get that fifth at bat on the road, batting second. So don't mind him. Shortstop's position that um, is a position I like to get some cheaper guys. Uh, as far as the Miami bats go, I know Oda Rizzi's been kind of reverse splits throughout his career. And there's going to be a lot of righties and there's going to be a lot of fly balls, but uh, don't think I could play the Marlins today. I mean, that they're – Technically a vomit stack, but it, I wouldn't consider them to be over like uh, the Giants against Smiley. So, I mean, you know, I'm, t- I'm typically the one that, oh, look at these prices and, you know, like I'm at the dollar store or something. But, uh, I mean, you could play like a Garrett Cooper at 3,900. I mean, they're eligible at like multiple positions. So, I mean, I could see one-offs. I mean, Odorizzi's fly ball lean, I mean, it's such a big ballpark that I think it mitigates a lot of that, that issue. Maybe Alfaro because he's catcher eligible. Like the Marlins will will be at the bottom of my priority list. It's more of a, but I'm building a hundred lineups and I need a couple of one offs and maybe I grab one of them. Fair enough. Um, Houston at Cleveland. We got Justin Verlander against Shane Bieber. Eight and a half total here. Uh, Verlander's a one twenty eight favorite. Uh, any interest here in Verlander? I mean, with his strikeout rate, I have to. I mean, I know the Indians lineup, it, typically I don't want to pick on, but I mean, he, he, I'm, I'm assuming he has, he has the highest K rate on the entire slate. I mean, the, the only thing on the other side is picking up the, the one or two guys that he does give up home runs to, but they're typically solo shots. So as far as like upside for the entire slate, I mean, I don't think there's anyone higher than Verlander. Yeah, you know, he's always a guy that has a ton of upside with his strikeout ability. You know, Cleveland has a team that doesn't strike out as much, but uh, Verlander is an elite strikeout pitcher. So I always think you can take a shot on Verlander, and um, I definitely like him a little bit more than I like Charlie Morton. So Shane Bieber on the other side of this game, you know, it's two teams that don't strike out a lot against two pitchers that have plenty of strikeout stuff. So I think the same argument can be made here potentially for Bieber. I just – his price tag is, is tough to stomach when we're looking at guys in this range and the, the offenses he, that, that he has to face here. Yeah, I mean, the, both of these pitchers are, are ownership-based to me. I'm more likely to play Verlander at only 800 more, but, like, if Bieber's 5% owned, I mean, I may want to have some of them. 
Uh, any Houston bats that you like here? I mean, you. I, I'm not going to stack against Bieber, but I mean, you. You obviously people like playing Jordan Alvarez, but I think 5K uh, against a, a top pitcher is a little too much. Carlos Correa because he's 4,300 and fills a shortstop spot, or Altuve or Bregman. Like, I, I don't know if I could spend the money on outfield positions in a matchup against Bieber, other than the fact that they may be really low owned. So if I'm going to take anyone, it would be one-offs in, in scarce positions. Yeah. You know, I don't know if this is a game that I'm going to have really any bats from um, on a 14 game slate with these guys pitching. So probably going to be a stay away spot for me as far as the bats go on both sides. Uh, is there anything on Cleveland that you want to talk about here? Well, Verlander's he's better against lefties than he are is against righties. I mean, he's good against both sides of the plate. Uh, the, I, I'm not stacking against Verlander either, but the way things are going for him this season, he's going to give up at least one home run. It's just a matter of finding which one that's going to be. I think a lot may depend on whether or not like Carlos Santana's in the lineup because that'll that'll you know obviously make it weaker. But I mean, Jose Ramirez is on fire. And he's 4,300 at, at, at third base. You could always take Lindor. Kipnis is always cheap at 3300 uh, And I think any of them is, vi- is viable uh, because you just need, you know, fly balls in the air and hard hits against Verlander, and maybe you could grab, you know, a nice solo shot for 14 points on DraftKings. Pittsburgh at Cincinnati, 9.5 total. Joe Musgrove against Tanner Rorick. Uh, Rorick's a 130 favorite here. Um, any interest here in Musgrove? Uh, he's one of the vomit arms on my radar. And I know that Cincinnati put up uh, 10 runs in two innings, but that was against, uh, I mean, uh, McRae. It was a bullpen game practically. I think Musgrove is a much better pitcher than a $5,100 price tag on DraftKings. I'm not saying he's a good pitcher. I'm just saying that I've, I've watched the Reds play, and it's like Puig is lost at the plate. Uh, I mean, Votto's kind of locked in. Like, Gannett really hasn't done anything much. I'm not all that scared about the bottom of the lineup, including the pitcher. So, I mean, I know the Reds are, are now having a, a 5.1 implied run total, but, like, I, I mean, the Reds' prices on their bats are cheap, so I may be interested in that also. But I think Musgrove has a lot more upside against the Reds' lineup than, than 5,100. Yeah, and, and there's not, like, a lock and load cheap pitcher um, in this in this price range today, so... You know, you're gonna, you're not gonna really love anything down here, and you're gonna just take shots because it's DFS, and you know anything can happen in baseball. So, um, I don't hate Musgrove. There's strikeouts here. There's a lot of strikeouts if you look at this lineup. You know, you know, even Scooter is a guy since he's come back. Barnhart's back. He's a guy that strikes out a lot. So, a lot of strikeouts in this lineup uh, potentially here for Musgrove. Tanner Rourke on the other side of this game, I hate him. Uh, there's zero chance I'm playing Tanner Rourke today, unless for some reason Pittsburgh rolls out eight right-handed bats, and I doubt that's going to happen. Well, I think Rourke is a much better pitcher than people give him credit for, but at 8,300, like, I, I view him the same way as, uh, as like, a Tehran or as a as, – as some of these guys in that, like, 8K range gallon. Like, all I see is downside at that price. Like, I'm hope like, in this matchup, I'm like – if he got 17 points, I'm happy. But I shouldn't be happy in GPP at 8,300. So to me, like with the lefties that could be in Pittsburgh's lineup, like I, I just don't see a path to over 20 points. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a pass spot for me. Um, I really like the Pittsburgh bats here. This game, being in Cincinnati, it's a ballpark upgrade for this team. And, you know, there's plenty of power here with Dickerson and Moran and Bell and Marte. You know, there's a lot of lefties that they could roll out there too, you know, including like Frazier and Reynolds. So I actually, I, I like the stack here um, for Pittsburgh. No, I definitely, and and I don't think you'll see much ownership at all on a $5,200 Starling Marte, but I almost have to put him in a stack if he's batting third. So, I mean, I know that they have only have a 4.5 implied run total, but I mean, Pittsburgh is chronically under-owned. And on a 14-game slate, I mean, this could, this could be a 2% owned stack. And Rourke can get shelled. And, and you're guaranteed ninth inning at bats. So, I mean, I have to put them on my radar. It may not be the highest of priorities, but you, you definitely have a case to play them. 
You know, I like my um, ninth, ninth inning at bats. Uh, as far as Cincinnati goes, you know, you want to target Musgrove a lefty. So Votto, Van Meter, Scooter. I'm still waiting for my first home run from Scooter. Just going to keep playing him. I just think uh, from looking at the slate, I mean, we're going to get some cheap bats in good spots. But at these prices, I think maybe the Reds end up becoming over-owned. I'm not saying that they're going to be chalked to any extent. I just think maybe when the slate IQ comes out, you'll see that like the expectation for the Reds is, is lower than what they're going to be owned. But the prices make, make it appealing. The problem is, is that like if you play like Suarez at, at 5,200 to fill out a stack and Puig, like, it's not all that inexpensive, even though you have three bats that are under 4K. Um, Tampa at Boston, nine total. Charlie Moran against David Price. Um, any interest here in Morton? Char- Charlie Moran. <laughs> uh, he's getting a huge ballpark downgrade and playing one of the best hitting offenses in baseball. So no. Yeah, and he's not getting a price decrease. Like he's his normal price. So um, and ta- and. The Boston Red Sox are hot right now. I know he just went out and dominated this team in Tampa, and, like, that could obviously happen again. But um, Red Sox warmed up over the weekend against the Yankees, and hopefully they can keep it going here because I'm not probably going to take any shots on Morton. Um, Any interest in David Price? Uh, It's currently predicted to be 88 degrees, 51% humidity, and the wind blowing out to center at 10 miles an hour. So, no. He's always a guy that I have interest in tournaments uh, just because, like, when we're looking at this Tampa team, they're a team that really can strike out against lefties. Um, so it would be really interesting to see what they do. Like, I, I know they picked up Sogard. Is he going to play or is it going to be Duffy? Is Duffy going to, you know, get the start here? So it would be really interesting to see what lineup they roll out there. But this is a team that has plenty of strikeouts in it against left-handed pitching. So I don't mind rolling the dice on price and – I think at his price, he might come in at a lower ownership here today. Um, Tampa Bats, if, if Matt Duffy's in there, I, th- I think you have to look at Duffy and you have to look at Travis Nerno. Like, the guy's mashing lefties this year. Yeah, can I, can I do a Grant impersonation? I love, 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 love. Well, how many times does he say love? When he, when he, <laughs> uh, the Rays have a 4.2 implied run total, which is very low. Uh, they're getting a very big ballpark upgrade in good hitting weather against a guy that could get blown up or have a great game, one of the two, and uh, they're, they're mid-priced. These are, this isn't a vomit stack, really. I mean, yeah, if you include Zanino at 2,500, it could turn into one, but like, are people going to play Fam at 4,400? Are people going to play Darno and Catcher at 4,600? Or Garcia at 4,000? Brousseau at least fills a, mid, a middle infield spot at 3,700. I mean, this is not going to be an appealing stack, even from a price perspective. So in these hitting conditions, I mean, this, this, could, this could be a really low-owned stack that if price gets blown up and the Red Sox bullpen has to come out in this hitting weather, like the Marlins the past late put up 11 runs uh i know merrill kelly sucks but i mean like we talked about embracing variance anything could happen the dodgers failed at cores so like i take a look at this and go even if people wanted to play the Rays, they'd be like, well maybe not against david price and I'm like no that's the reason why i want to because people will never try to do it yeah i like it um i i honestly wasn't really thinking about it and i i like it because David Price is one of those guys, he's, he's either on or he's off. And if he's off here, you know, Tampa stack is interesting. And there's they're probably going to have a lot of righties here. Maybe everybody outside of maybe like Meadows and if Sogard plays over Wendell. So as far as the Boston bats go, you know, with them hitting so well over the weekend, their prices have come up a little bit. But, like, they're not overly expensive and, you know, one of the things that you talk about all the time is you can really spread out your positions here with Devers, Betts, Bogarts, and JD. Um, just depends on who you want that fifth man to be. Right. This seems like a classic troll spot for a JD double dong game, right? When, when it's, he's 4,600, so he's appealing, but they're, they're facing Morton. So I don't really want to play. I mean, 200 more, you get judge, right? 300 less, you get Soto. 
So this is the spot where he's 4% owned and gets uh, 32 points on DraftKings. I'm not saying that that will happen, but the crazier things could happen. I think the most appealing bat here would be Devers at third base. I mean, I know he's 5,300, so he's expensive. But, like, I, 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 want, I want the platoon advantage over, over Morton. And I know he's a, more of a ground ball pitcher, but Devers is a fly ball hitter, so that, that, that matches up perfectly. Seattle at Texas, Mike Leake against Ariel Gerardo. Uh, 11 total here. Gerardo is a 130 favorite. Um, we've been talking a lot about weather and all that good stuff, and it's probably going to be uh, – it's going to be hot in Texas. Um, any interest here in Mike Leake? <laughs> a fly ball pitcher at 8,600 at 98 degree heat and 34% humidity, not a chance. <laughs> um, but he'll, hey. throw a, he'll throw a no hitter because that's what happened like the last time. It was like, like if you're playing leak, you have a leak in your game. And then he pitched a no, a nearly a no hitter. So who knows? Who knows what happens? <laughs> Those are my favorite games. They're, honestly, uh, they're very trolly and it, it, they absolutely drive me crazy. But um, they just make you laugh. Gerardo's a ground ball guy. Well, used to be. Um, he really hasn't been getting the ball on the ground as much here. You know, he is facing Seattle. He's really cheap. Can we make an argument for him at 5,700? Ariel Urado is the righty Jason Vargas. And he should be a bad pitcher. You watch him pitch and you go, this, this guy should be bad. These guys should be hitting him, especially the lefties. And then he just gets at it. He he gets ground balls, and he also gets, like, six or seven strikeouts, even in a low strikeout lineup. So, like, I don't like the weather. The implied total – the total in this game is ridiculous. It's 5.9 for the Rangers. It's 5.3 for the Mariners. I don't think anyone's going to look to play him, but he's 5,700, and the Mariners' lineup is not good. I mean, that, that since trading everyone and Hanager's gone, I mean, I take a, I'm not scared that much of this lineup, and – the Mariners are actually priced a little bit up for this matchup in a, in a ballpark upgrade. So, like, I think people may try to, to stack the Mariners in this game. And I, I, if that's going to be the case, Gerardo's ownership is going to be even lower. I mean, he's 5,700. Anyone, anyone that's, that could pitch 100 pitches in a game that's under 6K, I have to have some interest with no matter what, what ballpark they're in. Yeah, you know, and there's not a lot of options like we keep saying. So um, I, I certainly don't mind taking a shot against this team. Just try not to give up, you know, three home runs to Vogelbach, uh, I think is going to be his biggest task today. So um, let's talk bats. Obviously, I like Vogelbach. You know, anytime he gets outside of Seattle, I like to play him. And um, this is certainly a spot that I think you can play him. I just – I wish he was a little bit cheaper. But I'm hoping maybe that because he's a little bit more expensive, may, people might not play him as much today. So. I do like – I like the girth, team girth today for Vogelbach for sure. Yeah, I think the most interesting bat in the Mariners lineup is Crawford because he's 4,300 and shortstop eligible. Like, I'm less interested in Smith and Santana because, I mean, at those – at 4,500, 4,600, I mean, I could play Yankees. I could play Yankees in a 7.1 implied run total at those prices. So, like, Narvaez maybe because he's catcher eligible, but he's 4,400, so you're paying up a catcher there. Uh, so like Seager, maybe 3,700, like I, if the Mariners were cheaper, they'd be more stack worthy, but at these prices, I, I know they're playing in a ballpark upgrade, but like, yeah, obviously Vogelbach is probably the best bat in the whole lineup, but he's 4,800 and for 200 more, you could get like Encarnacion against, uh, Taylor Clark. So I just look at all this and go, I hope they get ownership. So then I just would not have to play them at all. As far as the Texas side, I know you hate using three outfielders when you're stacking teams, but Calhoun, Mazzara, Chu, all under 4,400. You can add Odor at 4,100. Like, Andrus is not a guy that I like to play, but he's 4K. Like, you can make this stack work, and it's not that expensive against Leak in Texas. Now you're starting to think like me, Steven. You're starting to think. You're, you're, you're looking at the sale rack now. Good, good for you. Chu, Andrews, you could, you could, uh, Odor, uh, even Cabrera, he's 3,700. I mean, I, I'm more inclined to not use three out. I mean, uh, out of Chu, Mazzara, Pence, like just use two of them. I'm more inclined to use the lefties because Leak is a righty. Uh, but I mean, who's going to play Danny Santana at 5,300? You fill him in in a second base spot because he's eligible there. And maybe he, uh, he, he got like 34 points at no ownership the, the other day. 
that could happen. I mean, the, the Rangers have a 5.9 implied run total, and I, I think for I think I think they may go overlooked with Coors and the Yankees on the slate. I hope they do. Um, it, it's certainly a spot you can look at. Uh, like I said, to like you said, to get away from those higher owned stacks and they're just not that expensive. Like Willie Calhoun at 4,200, no more Mazzara at 4,200. Like you can build your, your cash lineups um, around these guys. Uh, Texas certainly is a stack that I really, really like. Uh, Mets and White Sox, nine total Syndergaard, Renardo Lopez, Syndergaard's a 150 favorite here. Um, what's your thoughts on Thor? Uh, is, is baseball the type of thing like basketball where like an hour before that, like they hold him out because they're going to trade him. Can he get traded in the middle of the game? Can that happen? Like, uh, do we have to factor that into projections? I mean, we, we all know that he's on the trading block, and the the, the deadline is 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 it's twenty four hours from then, or even less than that game time. Is there? I, I'm not saying that. I mean, he's facing the White Sox for crying out loud. So, like, obviously, like at ten point three k, like he's going to be the top option, just, even just based on matchup. But I'm asking you from experience, like, should we be concerned at all that, you know, this game locks at 810 and, and we find out at, I mean, the game's at 810, but we find out at 730 that he's scratched because he's traded. It could happen um, after lock. Um, I, I wouldn't be shocked if like a 730 or a scratch happens. But honestly, this might be like a showcase game for him, too. Like, they might just go out and be like, hey, he's pitching against the White Sox. We can showcase him here and get a little bit more from him or, you know, just get the get the trades done. So, like you mentioned, the trade deadline's July 31st, which is Wednesday. So, I'd be a little bit more concerned if he was pitching on Wednesday. But teams that want him might want him for his rotation spot. So, I could see him getting moved here. But I, it, it's tough. It, it really is because when you look at it, if you are playing Syndergaard here and you're you're playing him in this price range, we don't have another pitcher outside of you, Darvish, that starts after 8 o'clock that we can really pivot to. Um, a lot of those pitchers up in that price range are in 7 o'clock games. So it's certainly something you have to consider when you're looking at Syndergaard here. And I, I honestly, I think he's going to be really popular today. No, I mean, I'm, I'm not trying to scare people or whatever. I'm just no, saying sure. if people aren't even thinking about it, I at least thought about it. But knowing the Mets and how horrible of an organization they are, they'll, they'll, they'll in their mind, go, we're going to put out Syndergaard for 120 pitches and showcase him, and he gets shelled for nine runs. <laughs> right? It, don't you think that's a perfect troll spot for that to happen? It depends if he wants to stay in New York or not. Ah, so maybe. Oh, so that's a possibility too. Is that in Cardi's projections? The I'm going to throw a game part of that. Is there a Cardi, for that? Cardi's mind's exploding right now listening to this <laughs> conversation. But you know, as far as the stats go, it, it's a great spot for him. Um, you know, he's a guy that has really high strikeout rate against righties. His team is one of the highest strikeout rates in baseball against righties. We like them a lot more against lefties and righties. Like, this is a great spot for Syndergaard. He is on the trade block. You, you mentioned that. Um, so, you know, you have to be concerned with that a little bit. And, you know, it's something you have to be th thoughtful of. Thoughtful of, I think, is the best way to say it. But um, if we don't have any news by 7 o'clock and it rolls around, like, I, I do think, you know, you, you can play him here and just hope for the best. Because, honestly – I, it might be a hot take, but I don't think you Darvish is the worst play in the world today. If you have to pivot, yeah, I, I, I in all ninety eight percent of the time, there's no, there's no problem. They, if if they didn't want to pitch him, they they would just skip his spot and just go to someone else. But of course, they don't have any starting pitchers anymore because they're trading everyone away, and Stroman's not there. Who knows what's going on? Who, I don't know who's going to end up pitching for the Mets by the end of the week. So, uh, so, so take it while you can get it. I mean, we. The Mets pitchers typically have been good over the course of the past year or two, and their rotation may be worse off coming up. But on the other side of the, of, of the matchup, like, I don't get here. Uh, Ronaldo Lopez has put together three great starts, and it's not like the, the playing at home, they're in that, that bad of a ballpark. But why do, the, why do the Mets have a 5.1 implied run total, and Ronaldo Lopez is 7,700, and I'm going, I'm not that scared of the Mets. So I think he's totally playable. 
I think he's playable too. Um, I, I completely agree with you as far as Renardo Lopez goes here. Like, I, I get I, – I honestly, I don't really get the implied total here. Maybe it's hot. Maybe the wind's blowing out. I don't have the wind up in front no, of me. I, th- I think it's primarily due to just the betting line is overvaluing Cindergaard. And that's why it's just it's, – I mean, it's a nine total of the game. But I would think that the total should be between eight and eight and a half. Yeah, but, like, we look at Renato Lopez right now. His ground ball rate is up, um, and his ground – yeah, his ground ball rate is up. His velocity, you know, his velocity is up almost a whole mile an hour over the last, you know, few starts. So, we're looking at it and we start digging into why he's been pitching better. You know, a velocity has a lot to do with it. So, velocity being up, um, using his slider at a higher velocity too. Like, he is a guy that over the last year throws his slider around – 83 miles an hour and over the last you know four starts it's at 85.4 so a two mile an hour bump on his slider that can make a huge difference when people you know are not realizing that so I I think Lopez is very much in play he's a guy that I wanted to talk about I did some research on him before we got started here and um, I I like Renardo Lopez I don't get the nine total with Syndergaard and Lopez pitching in this game and I, I certainly don't understand why the Mets are a huge favorite here Right, but I mean, I can understand playing lefties against him. I mean, Conforto at forty two hundred, Cano probably he's thirty three hundred. You got to plug him in and get a zero. I mean, you could do that in cash. But I mean, the strikeout rates on some of these guys. I mean, I'm looking Ramos, Frazier, the bottom. I mean, they're adding a DH, but it could be like a Danny, what Hechaveria, whatever that guy. I mean, like, like who are they really adding? I mean, I'm scared of Alonso, sure, but like, I'm I'm looking more at playing Lopez than playing any of the Mets bats. Yeah, I don't really love the Mets. Uh, Conforto, Alonzo is one-offs or the two guys that I would play here if I was going to play any of them. And, you know, first base is a loaded position, so I don't know if I end up on Alonzo. But Alonzo, Pete Alonzo doesn't play every day. Like, I, there's not one pitcher that scares me off of him. He hits good pitching all the time. I will say he's been slumping a lot since the All-Star break and since the Home Run Derby, if you want to put any stock into that. But he's four for his last 32, and, you know, three of those four hits have been home runs. So, um, as far as the White Sox go, nothing really piques my interest unless we get like news that Syndergaard gets traded and the pitcher changes. Um, then I would look into this matchup a little bit more, but I don't think I'm going to play any of these bats against Syndergaard. I mean, we're talking about the White Sox lineup. They bat John Jay and Ryan Gones in the top half of their lineup. That's how bad their lineup is. So like out of all these guys, like if you're going to take a one-off, you take a Bray or Moncada. But outside of that, I know these guys are cheap, and I'm I love shopping at Costco or whatever. Uh, but uh, I, I just I I can't see a path to even stacking them because like I'm gonna waste an outfield spot on 2,900 John Jay. I mean, yes, sure, uh, Goins at least makes okay shortstop 2,800. But like like it's a 14 game slate. Why am I why am I why am I playing a Ryan Goins one off other than to punt to like get two top starting pitchers, but I don't even think that's the right build. I don't I just don't I don't think a Verlander Cindergard lineup wins GPPs on a on a 14 game slate. Because even with like a San Francisco vomit stack, you can't even I don't even think you could get that. So I I'm just typically I'd be on the White Sox with all these cheap hitters, but I I just I can't see stacking these guys up. Toronto at Kansas City, Sean Reed Foley against Mike Montgomery. Um, any interest here in Sean Reed Foley? Not at 7,800. No, I'd rather just take the risk on Renardo Lopez, to be honest. Like, Renardo Lopez is a guy we know can put up 20. Sean Reed Foley is not a massive strikeout guy. His swing and strike rate is around 11%. Um, you know, it's just not a spot that I really want to target and. Mike Montgomery on the other side of this game, he stinks. He's just not good. He's 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 terrible. He has he has no strikeout rate, and uh, he, he's a contact pitcher. So like it's the worst of both worlds. So yes, he's a guy that could pitch you know ninety pitches for forty eight hundred, but your upside is like nine points. I mean, Mike Montgomery is worse than Zach Davies. So and I like Zach Davies. So I and I can't even play Mike Montgomery. So they should tell you as much as that. Looking at the Toronto bats here, um, Bo Bichette, you know, Dante Bichette was so excited that his son got a hit in his first game. 
Bobachette is $2,200 on Fandle, um, potentially batting first or second here. I really like him. Um, I think Gariel is really, really in play here. Um, you know, Vlad, Mr. Vlad, this is a spot against a pitcher that just doesn't strike anybody out. So I think you can look at Vlad. I hate that the prices are up a little bit on these guys, but, you know, Toronto has to be one of those potential vomit stacks, right? Yeah, well, they're not cheap enough to really be a vomit stack. I'd look more at the, like the vomit one-offs. Like if Grandel Gritchick is batting at the top half of, of the order at 3,400, I think that's a slam dunk. I mean, it's, it's a high upside, low downside. I mean, it's going to be a zero or, I mean, or 29 like he did this past night. Uh, I also don't mind Danny Jansen at 2,700 catching. Even if he bats ninth, uh, he's on the road. But, I mean, Montgomery is not a strikeout pitcher, and the Blue Jays' main issue is against strikeout pitchers. So the fact that they're able to make contact with the ball, like, I, I don't mind the Jays. It's just the problem I have is that they're, they're, not, they're not priced as low as they normally are. Said cheap catcher. You know my ears perked up. Uh, really like Danny Jansen at 2,700. Love that. Um, Kansas City side of things here, uh, you know, Sean Reed Foley is a guy that, you know, has a decent strikeout rate against lefties in a small sample. I, it's really tough to get on to these Kansas City bats. They're just, I don't know, they're cheap, I guess. You could always play Solaire, Doge, Dozier as a one-off. I think Merrifield at 4,300 is the cheapest we've seen him. Uh, I, I, once you get past like one, two, three, four, you're, you're, you're going down a black hole. And uh, O'Hearn, Cuthbert, Starling, Lopez, Valoria. I mean, I mean, yeah, they're cheap, but I mean, how many? I mean, what's the expectation that you could possibly get, even against Sean Reed Foley? I mean, if even if Reed Foley gets six or you know five or six strikeouts, it's going to destroy rallies. So, like, I, I don't see five people I could play when I could when. When the four guys I have to play are one, two, three, four, so which makes the stack price still just as expensive as a lot of other teams. I will say I do. If if you want a cheaper bat, I do not mind Ryan O'Hearn. He started the season terrible, but when he got sent down to AAA, this is a guy that put up a 300 ISO in AAA. So he's a guy that has power, and he's 2800. So like you're not really sacrificing the power um, in this matchup. So I like the $2,800 price tag um, on Ryan O'Hearn if you're looking for a cheap first baseman. I hate potentially punting first base, but you know, $2,800 for a guy that has power, I don't hate it. Uh, Cubs and Cardinals, nine total. You Darvish, Adam Wainwright. Um, I kind of already hinted at the fact that I like Darvish here. Um, what's your thoughts on him? Uh, he's, a, he's a strikeout rate. He's good against righties, and the Cardinals are mostly righties. I, I, I see no problem with it. I mean – Looking at the weather, it's it's not as hot as it's been in St. Louis. So, like ninety eight hundred, I think is an efficient price for him. I mean, he he, he looks like someone that the problem. See, the problem with Darvish on this slate is that like it's going to be very hard for you to use him as an SP two. Like if you're going to play like Syndergaard Darvish, I mean, you could get away with it, but you're going to need a somewhat cheaper stack. You're not going to be able to play Darvish, Syndergaard, and Coors. Or Darvish, Syndergaard, and Yankees. You're not going to be able to do it. So I think uh, in GPPs, it, it's hard for me to use Darvish as an SP1 with kind of like Darvish Lopez and then forego the upside of like a Verlander Beaver when as we, as we take a look at Slate IQ all the time for GPPs, the biggest, highest win expectation in leverage is in stud pitcher, uh, scrub pitcher. So like if you tell me the difference in GPP between – having a Darvish-Lopez build versus a Verlander-Urado build, I'll side with Verlander-Urado. Yeah, I hear you. Um, I honestly, I don't hate potentially playing um, Darvish as an SP1 today. That's how much I, re I like the spot for him. So, you know, again, I agree with you as far as you don't love doing it, but I think that it all depends on roster construction, you know, what you're looking at with your builds here today. So I think it's, I think it's something that I'll, I'll potentially think about doing, um, you know, making like four or five teams today. So not making a ton of teams, but. It's um, easier for me. I make like 80 to a hundred. So I, I could like, okay, maybe I have three of them. 
you know, like that type of thing. So maybe I'm a little bit spoiled. No, you're, you're fine. Um, I just, me personally, I like playing like five teams. And if I'm playing five teams, I think he ends up on one or two. So I'll tell you how much I like Darvish today and, you know, what, especially if something happens with Syndergaard too, like that, you know, you got me thinking. Oh, you're about- scaring the people. I said that they shouldn't be that scared and now you're scaring them. You got me thinking about it though. Maybe are you trying to artificially de- deflate ownership? Oh, come on. How, how long have I been? How long? I think I've been doing this. I've been playing DFS since 2010. Um, I know. No one does that. No one really does. But I, I wanted to bring it up, and now you brought it up. I brought it up as a, 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 a 0.1% chance. Maybe you should think something about it, and now you brought it up again like, oh, my God, the sky's falling. <laughs> the sky's definitely not falling. Not today, anyway. Um Week one football is not here yet. Sky's not falling yet. Um, salaries are out. We got to overanalyze them. Yeah. You know, I haven't even looked at them. Don't care. I'll look at them um, the Saturday night before week one. Or actually, I'll work on them when I'm doing content. But anyway, um, Cubbies, any interest in the Cubs against Wainwright? Oh, all of them. Come on. We didn't even talk about whether or not we're even playing Wainwright. The answer is no. So we got past that point. Uh, the Cubs are way too cheap. Uh, I know the, the total in this game is quite low at the nine total, 4.6 applied for the Cubs. But Wainwright's awful against lefties. And uh, depending on who leads off, I'm going to play Schwarber or Robel Garcia. But, and Rizzo at 4,500 at first base. Uh, Hayward, if he's in the lineup at 3,800, he's another lefty. Like, I, I, can't see not, I, I can't see not having exposure to the Cubs either as a three-man or a full five-man stack against Wainwright. Yeah, um, I don't hate it. Like you said, you know, this is the spot that he struggles against lefties, and there's plenty of lefties to play here. So uh, don't mind getting exposure to the lefties on the Cubs team. Um, Cardinals, you know, they have been hot. Darvish can get wild. Like Paul Goldschmidt finally didn't hit a home run. You know, so many times this season I wish he would have hit a home run and, you know, didn't get the home runs, and then he hit six in a row. Um, any interest here in the Cards? Maybe as one-offs, I could say a Dijon at shortstop because, I mean, it's a scarce position. Uh, yeah, you could make a case for Goldschmidt, sure. You could also make a case for, like, Fowler, Martinez. Just Do I really want to fill my outfield spots with, with those guys and not if I'm not stacking the Cardinals? Probably the answer is no. Um, moving on. Ka, we got the Coors game. It's the Dodgers. It's the Rockies. I've seen a couple different pitchers announced um, on a few different sites here as far as – but it sounds like it will be Julio Arias um, and then Kyle Freeland. Do you have any interest here in Julio Arias? He might have an opener, but it sounds like it's going to be Arias. Even if he had an opener, didn't have an opener, I mean, it's 6,400 and Coors. I mean, it's a 14-game slate. I could find cheaper pitchers that aren't in, aren't in Coors Field. Yeah, um, and he's not going to pitch too deep here. I, I really – like, he's a guy that has some strikeout ability. Um, he also can walk a ton of people, but I just don't expect him to pitch too deep if he does start this game and, you know, work the bulk of the innings. So, I would rather take shots on uh, Bernardo Lopez or somebody. And, you know, Kyle Freeland on the other side of this game, it would be really interesting to see what the Dodgers lineup looks like today. Um you know, with some of these guys banged up, like we potentially could get Tyler White batting like fourth or fifth for the Dodgers here at 3,500 against Kyle Freeland. Oh, so I, I thought you were trying to make the case of whether or not Freeland was playable. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> There's an all oh, the giant, the, 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 the Dodgers lineup could have Tyler White and Christopher Negron in, and maybe we play Freeland against them. And I'm like, are you not at their prices? I want to play those bats. Yep, I want to play the cheap Dodgers. Like, give me the cheap Dodgers. That, that's fine with me. Right, AJ Pollock. If he's up in the lineup, forty five hundred. Uh, I mean, I mean, Justin Turner's priced up at fifty four hundred. Uh, Seager and Bellinger with lefty lefty. I mean, Freeland's not really that much of a strikeout pitcher, so I could see in a stack, you know, still playing those guys. But like, I'm not going to play guys at the bottom of the order. I mean, it really. I mean, it really depends on the Dodgers order, but. I really don't find the Dodgers all that appealing as a five-man stack. I would think more of a three-man, maybe a four-man and like a four-four, or like more of a FanDuel stack. You play the four-four because I, I, 
You're always going to be able, because the thing is, is that in a five-man, you're going to have to play like two overpriced guys without the platoon advantage. And that's kind of not what I want to do on a 14-game slate. Um, Rocky's bats here. You know, if Urias is the guy, it's going to be a lefty. You can always play Arenado um, and Story against lefties. Even Ian Desmond's been good against lefties at home this season. Yeah, I think same case. This is, to me, I mean, I did it this past slate also, so it, it, it kind of benefit. I, I don't see stacking either side of this game. I'm, I, I, I'm much more interested in playing a five-man Yankee stack than playing these guys at these prices based on the matchup. If, if this was like Ross Stripling, I'd be much more interested in the Rockies because you could play the lefties. So here, I just like Story, Arenado, and you mentioned Desmond. It's like, do I really – do, do I want to play Coors prices against Urias, who's not a bad pitcher, uh, at these prices? And I just I – just, I can't – well, I was going to play Blackman if he's back in the lineup, lefty-lefty at 5,800. Or maybe people do because it's coarse. I don't know. It's hard for me to gauge that. I just I, – I do – on a 14-game – on these large slates, 95-plus uh, percent of the time I fade cores, and this slate isn't going to be any different. Yeah. Um, I, I like Arenado and Story, Desmond. That's uh, really the Rockies that I have interest in, and I highly doubt – um, Blackman's back in the lineup here. Give him an extra day against the lefty-lefty matchup. Detroit at LA taking on the Angels. Drew Verhanigan against Griffin Canning. Canning is a massive 270 favorite here. Um, any interest in Drew Verhanigan? Uh, Verhagen? Verhagen? I, I, I did the Verhagen experiment against, I think, the, against the Mariners the last outing, and that went horribly. The Angels are a much better team, so there's no way I'm playing it. Hey, I took a shot on him in that game too. 4K against um, <laughs> Seattle. Let's let's roll it up. I also stacked against him too. Uh, Griffin Canning. I think he's going to be your chalk SP2. Um, probably the guy I'm going to play in cash games. But it'd be really interesting to see what his projected ownership is um, on this slate. Right. Uh, the higher that he's owned, the less of him that I'll have and the more of the Tigers bats that I'll have. If he's lower owned for somewhat, low, not necessarily like 5% owned, but I'm, I'm looking at that line around 18-ish percent. Like, the more that he's over 18, the less that I want to play in GPP. And if he comes in under 18, I want to play all uh, that I can of him. Uh, but, I mean, the Tigers are typically my go-to. Like, uh, if I can't find anything else, there's a vomit stack there. And Cannon does get hit hard and uh, for both sides of the plate. So, I it wouldn't it, just like with Jamie Berea this past slate, I mean, he had a good outing, but the Tigers aren't as bad as people think when they're up against pitchers that uh, allow them to hit the ball hard. So, like, this is a high-varying spot to me. I know Canning is at 7,900 is more of a cash play than he would be at, like, 9,200 in this spot. But, I mean, I think it's a much wider range of outcomes than people would think. Yeah, I don't know if I'd sack Detroit here. Um, which bats do you like for Detroit? Well, if, if, if Miguel Cabrera, if Miggy hits two home runs uh, two days in a row, I, I, I'm convinced that the space-time continuum had, like imploded or whatever. But he's 2,700. <laughs> so if I'm going to stack the – I mean, the problem is you got Dixon and Cabrera. The, I don't know why I'm assessing – like how to stack the Tigers. They're dirt cheap, play five of them, and then you could pay up for everything else you'd ever want. And but that's that's the only reason you play them. They're the 3.9 implied run total. Uh, so it's not the high probability spot. But uh, like if that Giants lineup doesn't pan out the way that I want it to pan out, uh, you know, I, I may end up going, okay, maybe I have, uh, you know, 5% of my lineups are, are five-man Tiger stack up in the 10 like Blows. Sounds like a terrible idea um, <laughs> in my head. Like, I, I get it. I know it's a terrible idea. But, <laughs> hey, would you think that, hey, we got cores. Why don't I stack the Marlins? See, that would be a terrible idea. And it worked out, apparently. So, I mean, anything happens. Well, hold on. Hold on. I'll stack anybody against Merrill Kelly. Um, but. Oh, okay. So it's not just the, uh, it's the Marlins. Okay. I get it. <laughs> I play. I say I'm, I'm a little bit sore because I actually played Merrill Kelly against the Marlins. Oh man, I had I, I played six teams and I had a Merrill Kelly team and I was like, this is a terrible idea. 
And it was my highest scoring. Um, it was my Padres stack. So, of course, I was very, very Did he get back it. to zero? Did he get back to zero? I didn't even check. I think he had like, um, I think he had like 1.4 or something. But oh, yeah, positive. He, okay. Then, then we look on the bright side of things. Do we go back to the well and the Angels here um, against this young pitcher who doesn't seem to have much promise right now? Well, they got shut down by Jordan Zimmerman, so anything could happen. But the, I say it all the time. The problem with the Angels is that it's, it's nearly impossible to stack them because their best hitters are four outfielders. So I could totally see Upton. I mean, he's swinging the bat horribly, but 3,600. Uh, Calhoun's 4,000. Otani's 4,800. Trout is just normal 5,700 and the best hitter in baseball. I could see playing one or two of them in my lineup. Uh, and even. You know, even oh, I, I don't mind having a lot of them. It's just that I, I don't see playing five guys in this lineup on a 14-game slate and just locking myself out of the outfield. All right, Brewers and Athletics, last part of this 14-game slate. Adrian Hauser against Chris Bassett. Um, any interest here in Hauser? Uh Probably not. I, I think I'd much rather still play like a Urado or a – or go up to Lopez or something like that. Uh, I mean, the A's are in a bad matchup. I mean, this is the coldest game. Uh, weather is projected to be 56 degrees. Humid, but still 56 degrees. Uh, so I see some appeal to it. But in like a Brewers kind of bullpen-esque game against uh, the A's, I'd, I must be more interested in the A's bats as one-offs than the pitcher. I don't know if it's necessarily going to be a bullpen game. Um, I mean, he's stretched out, but I'm just saying that it's not like Hauser has a lot, like a long leash or anything. Yeah, like probably 90, 95 max. Um, I would say really max. So 6,800, I'll be honest. If he was like 5,300 or 4,800 in that range, like with those guys down there, I'd probably take a shot on him here. Right, right. And you exactly, exactly what my thought. It's just a matter of like 6,800. Like no, he's he's it's not one of those five K guys that can pitch ninety pitches. So let's let's take a shot. Yeah, I'd rather pay the extra three hundred dollars and take a risky Tyler Beatty um, and take the just take the upside there for the extra pitches or something. So um, Bassett on the other side of this game, you know the Brewers very good offense. Um, I don't know if I could go with Bassett here, especially when we're looking at his numbers against left-handed pitching this season or hitting hitting. Yeah, ninety two hundred. It's it's the similar as a lot of the the guys in that range. Just all I see is downside. I don't see a path to twenty plus points. So like, he either gets there to what you know would be of value, or he gets shelled, and I have nothing for ninety two hundred. So I'm passing. Um, when we're looking at the pricing on the Brewers, yes, Yelich is really high at fifty six hundred. Hera is forty eight hundred. He's been hitting the ball like insanely crazy right now, but. Mike Moustakis, 4K, Grandal, 3,900, um, Thames, 3,600. Like, there's some cheaper bats here for the Brewers. Yeah, I just understand it's a ballpark downgrade, but, you know, these are the type of guys, if they have power, so he only goes 427 feet, not <laughs> instead of 434 feet. So what do I care? So especially Moustakis at, like, a scarce uh, second base position or Grandal at a scarcer catcher position, like – I got I got to be interested in them as one-offs. If Kane's leading off on the road, you know, Stevie, you like those guaranteed ninth inning at bats. You know, it seems pretty appealing. Braun is only 4,000. I mean, there's power here. Uh, you could, you could uh, hey, maybe Travis Shaw cracks the lineup at 2,200. There you, you fill the third base spot with a guaranteed zero. You could always do that. That's what you do in this game. Stevie, you play Shaw on one side and Chris Davis on the other side. And just, <laughs> just, just hope. Just hope you get like, uh, like uh, fifty points out of Verlander and and Syndergaard up top. <laughs> yeah, um, one extra base hit for Chris Davis over his last ten games, um, thirty three hundred. Why not? Like, if I'm going to play Scooter, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to get that Chris Davis home run. I I, just, I still don't know what's going on with him. Is but he you even know, going to be in the lineup? I mean, he was out of the lineup the last game. He might not be in there, but um, I would think he'd be back in there. Like. I don't know. Trade him or something. Get rid of him. Move him on. But. I think if Chris Davis is in the lineup, it, it, it makes more appeal. A $6,800 Hauser more appealing. 
<laughs> you know, what's funny is it's like Jesus Aguilar, like another guy in this game. Like we look at their numbers from last year and we look at like what's going on with these guys this year. It's just crazy. But um, any interest in the Oakland bats? I could see playing any of these guys as one-off. I think Olsen at 4,300 is fine. I think you could always play Chapman at 4,100. Third base is fine. Uh, I mean, that's kind of all I see. I mean, I'm, I'm still not a big fan of like, like some of these guys are just like, 300 cheaper than Yankees and they're they're 500 cheaper than Rockies so in Oakland in 56 degree weather like I don't see stacking these guys up at all all right let's play the morning grind game and then we'll get out of here give me a guy under 8k to get six or more strikeouts today uh your your guy uh, your guy with uh with uh, Renardo Ronaldo, Ronaldo. I don't even know how you say it. Ronaldo Lopez. All right. I'll take the chalk. Give me Griffin Canning. Um, over 8K to score under 15. Oh, there's, oh, there's a lot of guys. <laughs> even though it's in Miami, Zach Allen. All right. Uh, I'm going to take Mike Leak. Yeah. <laughs> Cause yeah, that, that, oh. that was, that was the, that was the truck. I should have, I should have, I should have figured that out. Yeah. Do not. Yeah. What? <laughs> 600 for leak in Texas. Oh, he's definitely going to have a troll game. Uh, over 4k to hit a home run, not in course field. Aaron judge. All right. Yeah. You know what? Give me Bryce Harper going all the way back to that game. I like Harper today. Um, give me a guy under 4K to get two hits. Under 4K. Oh, I gotta, I gotta go. Where, where are my vomit stacks? Where are my vomit stacks at? <laughs> oh, it's gonna be, it's gonna be, it, it's gonna be one, it's gonna be one of the Giants out. Whoever's in the outfield for the Giants. I don't know who is, uh, whoever's a righty, Tyler Austin or Austin Slater or Zach. What one of those guys? Can I, am I allowed to make a variable pick like that? Well, I had Tyler Austin written down for me, so I'm going to write down Slater for you. <laughs> uh, okay, so we'll have the dueling Giants guys. Okay. Yeah, Austin was my guy. I wrote it down when we were talking about that game. I'm like, he'll never pick that guy. Okay, then I'll take – if Slater's not in the lineup, then I have Zach Green. It's one of, I'll have your guy. There you go. Um, I could say Pilar. Pilar could be in. Why were we talking about the young guys? Yeah, uh, there you go. One of those guys. Who could one, – one of them. doesn't matter. Uh, give me a stack to score six or more runs today. Okay, last time I was too quick on saying the Marlins when they had a five-point run total, so I'm gonna I'm gonna think a little bit more. Uh, I mean, it would be easy to say it would be easy to say the Yankees, uh, but I'm not, so I'm gonna say the Rangers. All right, Texas, it is. Give me Pittsburgh. I think Pittsburgh's gonna be a team that's kind of a sleeper team today. I like the potential stack there with them. So that's gonna wrap it up. Any final thoughts before we get out of here? Well, it, it today's slate was a, was a good troll job. So, like, I'm almost sometimes, even if I'm losing, I I want the I want to lose the slate on like the most trolliest of things. So I'm look I look forward to those. I look forward to the Miguel Cabrera, the Eric Hosmer double dong, and the and the Coors Field, you know, one to nothing game. Because if I'm gonna lose, I want to lose in style. <laughs> All right. On that note, we're going to get out of here. Hope everyone has an awesome Tuesday. We'll be back talking some more baseball tomorrow. Good luck in your contest. We'll see you then.